Well, beginning this Sunday and during our messages on the next five Sundays, we're going to be looking at what I observe to be several marks of a Christian that the Lord would like to remind us of. Characteristics that uh, our culture is sweeping aside and need to be reclaimed. And sadly, they're even being swept aside by those who name Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so we're going to be hearing a call back to that transformed life that God has for each one of us. Today, we're going to be looking at honor. And honor is something that is uh, at the heart of everything else that we're going to be talking about. Next Sunday, we're going to be looking in this impure world at purity. Then the Sunday before election day, we're going to be looking at integrity. And then right after the election, I think that will be a great time for us to be looking at uh, loving at love, kindness, and charity. No matter which way the election goes, we need to remember that we are supposed to be showing love, kindness, and charity. And then on Thanksgiving Sunday, the last Sunday in this series, we're going to be looking at gratitude. So today we're talking about honor. Now, if I could get you to each, let's all say it together. Honor. honor. Let's say it again. Honor. honor. That's right. Sadly, let's face it. We live in a culture here in the United States where many of us live without any honor, it seems, whatsoever. Just turn on your television, read the news, and you will have to admit that we're becoming a culture that is really without honor. And I want to uh, just show you an example uh, of a story uh, when Jesus was actually limited in what he was able to do because in his hometown, people who should have honored him the most honored him the least. Here's the context. Jesus is back in his hometown not his birthplace, but the place where he grew up. Uh, a year prior to this visit, he was actually run out of town and his own people had attempted to kill him. And so now he's back again. And Mark uh, chapter 6 verse 1 says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Remember, that's where they got upset with him the time before, was whenever he started teaching in the synagogue. He took the scroll of Isaiah and he said, The Spirit of the Lord, he read from Isaiah, where the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he listed all these things that basically come out to tell us that he's come to free us from our past so we can live in the present and have a wonderful future. And uh, then he sat down and said, uh, closed the scroll and sat down and said, today, 
this is fulfilled in your hearing. And then he uh, began to say some other things that really, really irritated them so much that they drove him out of the synagogue and took stones and were going to stone him. And then he just walked through them and went on his way. And now he's back. And where's he gone? To the synagogue. And so here we are. It says, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him that he even does miracles? And then in verse three, someone says, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And then it says, they took offense at him. And then the next verse, it says, Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor, without honor. And so here is Jesus, and he is in a place where he is not being honored. And so let's move on. Now, what is honor? The Greek word that's translated without honor is the word Atimos. If uh, you're taking notes, what it means, it means to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary, to dishonor, uh, to treat as common or as ordinary. And it, it, let me tell you, if you want a common or an ordinary marriage, dishonor your spouse. Treat them as common or ordinary. Take them for granted. God has now has entrusted you really to each other. You know, whenever I am doing premarital counseling, I will many times give each one of the people a piece of paper. Say, now I want you to, to tell, to what I want you to do is take this piece of paper and if you could wave a magic wand and change anything in the world about that person that you're getting ready to marry, what would it be? Just write it down on this piece of paper. And it's amazing. So many of the young ladies have such do-over lists. It's just, or, or make-over lists. Drink and smoke because it's you and your other. I mean, they just go to town, man. And lots of times the old Guys will say, oh, gosh, preacher, I just love her just the way she is, you know. But uh, sometimes he'll have his makeover list, too. And so then I'll tell them, now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at this list. And I want you to look at this person and ask yourself, if nothing on this list ever came about, could you be happily married? to this person. And if the answer is no, do not marry that person. Because if that's the case, you're not marrying that person, you're marrying a dream. And those kind of dreams hardly ever come true. And the thing is, is that whenever you get, you are gonna change each other, but you're not gonna change each other by trying to change each other. That never, ever works. 
Whenever you start trying to change another person, they're just going to dig their little donkey heels in and show that they're their own person. But there is a way and you will change each other either for the good or for the ill by the way you look at them and by the way you treat them. And that's at the heart of a good marriage is honor. And now I want to elaborate on that some uh, because, well, let's see. I also will, uh, will tell people that if you, uh, that I'll tell the guys many times, you are marrying a feisty, spunky, beautiful young lady. What's she going to become? It's like you and, uh, and uh, the thing is, if you treat her like a nag, she'll become a nag. That's a cowboy saying. I was sharing this with a cat with a world champion cowboy one time. He said, you know, we got a saying about that. If you take a thoroughbred filly and you try treat her like a nag pretty soon, that's what you're going to have. And that is so true. Now, the flip side of dishonor is the word honor. In Greek, it's the word time. It's spelled T-I-M-E in English, but it's pronounced time. And if uh, you're taking notes, let me show you what this word means. It means to value, to respect, to highly esteem. It means to treat something or someone as precious or weighty or valuable. It's to ascribe worth, esteem, and value to whatever the object is or whatever the person is. You know, I have a nine millimeter pistol. I have lots of uh, guns. Let me tell you, my, one of my hobbies is target practicing and, uh, and guns. But uh, this one is very, very precious to me. It's the one I treat with honor. And the reason why is because there was a time when I had some guns that I loved that were very precious to me because of who they belonged to me before and a lot of other different things. And we came to a place where we were out of money and I had kids that needed to be fed. And I was a preacher who was P-O-R-E, poor. And I just didn't have any money. And yet these kids had to eat. And so the only thing I had left of any value that I could sell were my guns. And I took my guns to the pawn shop and I sold them because you could get more money by selling them than you could by pawning them. And so I sold them so my family could eat. Well, we ate, we got through, everything was fine. Then years later, one Christmas, a daughter of mine gave me this nine millimeter pistol. And actually the letter that came along with it was more important than the pistol because it says, dad, well, I just want to thank you for the way that you've always looked out for us and tried to take care of us and sacrificed for us. You may not have think that we noticed, but we do and we have. And I, whenever you sold your guns to feed us, we saw and we knew. And so I hope that this 
we'll just make up a little bit for that. So this pistol tell, it says a whole lot. It says a whole lot. It's held in esteem and honor. I've got a lot of other guns and pistols that I love. You know, I've got a 454 Casal that would kill an elephant. I love that gun. But uh, the thing is, this little nine millimeter pistol, it represents a whole lot more than anything else as far as my collection goes. So I hold it in honor. Whenever you cherish something, you honor it. Honoring esteems and lifts it up. Now, whenever you marry each other, one of the things that you promise to do each other, have you ever noticed this? You promise to love and to cherish that other person. You promise to honor them. Do you see that? You're promising to hold them in esteem, to deem them precious in your heart. That's one of the things that you promise. You make a covenant that you're going to honor each other. And yet, that is just goes out the window so often in marriages. Honoring esteems and lifts up. Dishonoring devalues and tears down. Uh, to honor someone is to believe the best about them. To dishonor is to believe the worst. Honor lifts. Dishonor tears down. Let me give you an example. Years ago, a pastor and his wife were working with a couple whose marriage was in bad shape. And while they were meeting with them, the wife was dishonoring her husband right in front of him, just saying terrible things about him over and over and over. And finally, the, wife, the pastor's wife said, you know, I can see now one of the reasons you have a bad marriage is because you continually dishonor your husband. And then the other woman retorted, well, if my husband was one tenth the man that your husband is, I'd show him honor. And then the pastor's wife said, maybe my husband is who he is today because I've been showing him honor for all these years and your husband isn't because you haven't. Good point, don't you think? Good point. Because honor lifts up. It encourages. It builds. Some of you are probably think, well, I can't treat this person that you have in mind with honor because they're not honorable. That's a cop out. Write this down. Respect is earned. Honor is given. Respect is earned. Honor is given. You can honor someone just because of their position or just because they are who God has placed around you. Honor is freely given. You may think, well, I'll treat you honor whenever you live honorably. No, check this out. You treat them with honor before they are living honorably. And the honor which you bestow upon them often lifts them to live honorably. It empowers. It encourages. The reason our country 
my country may be the way it is, is because over and over and over again, we have been devaluing people by being dishonoring. Watch what an attitude of dishonor does to the Son of God. He said, a prophet in his own town is without honor. And then the next verse says, and we didn't read this earlier, listen, because this speaks to our country, our nation today. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, notice this. It doesn't say he wouldn't. It says not that Jesus would not. The Bible says he could not do any miracles except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed, wow, at their lack of faith. I don't really understand this, but it is a scriptural principle. And I see it so just blatantly being played out in our country today. In our churches, we're not even seeing miracles anymore. We're not seeing stuff happening like it should be. And yet you go overseas to places where people are just hearing about Jesus for the first time and they honor him. And there we see healings taking place. We see miracles taking place. We see demons being cast out. While here in our country, it's not happening hardly at all anymore. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it doesn't happen with the frequency and prevalence that it does in those places where the Lord is honored. I don't understand it, but there was a lack of faith. There was a lack of honor. And there where, where there was a lack of faith and of honor, Jesus could not do what he could do in places where they believed in him and where they honored him. Tragically, we become a culture which for the most part is without honor. Now, who are we called to honor quickly? I'm going to just list the most important three that we find in the Bible. The first group that we see in the Bible, if you're taking notes, is our parents. We're called to honor our parents. One of the top ten commands from God, honor your father and your mother. And you may say, well, my mom and dad didn't live honorable lives. My dad was abusive. My, uh, and he ran off with another woman. My mom was a drunk or whatever. Remember what I said earlier? Respect is earned. Honor is given. We still honor our mother and father because it's biblically right to do so. And so out of a surrendered and a submissive and grateful heart toward God, we show honor to our mothers and to our fathers. The second group we're commanded to show authority to are those who are, or show honor to, are those in authority, to those whom God has placed over us. In Romans 13, it talks about honoring those in the governing authorities. Verse 7 tells us to give everyone what you owe him. If you owe respect, then give that person respect. If you owe honor, what are you supposed to give? Honor. Honor, that's right. You give honor. 
you show honor to those who are in authority over you. Those of you who are involved in sports, you honor your coach. Uh, you honor those who instruct and educate you. You honor your boss. You may say, well, I'm smarter than my boss. You may be, but you still show honor. Maybe you do want to be boss one day, but let me tell you, before you can be over, you have to learn to be under. And you're under by showing honor to those whom God has put over you. We honor those in authority. Now, I want you to know that I'm not just preaching to y'all or to the world today. I'm preaching to me too. There have been times when I have struggled with this. Whenever I've had district superintendents that were doing things that was going to kill my church and I've had to make choices and I've had to choose and the Lord made it clear the only choice I had was be submissive to the authorities above you or leave the church. And he called me to be in that place at that time. And so I had to go ahead and be submissive. It's amazing what happens in those times, whatever that's happened, as I submitted myself to someone who was steering my, trying to steer my church in a wrong way, a miracle would take place. And all of a sudden, that DS would just make a flip-flop and turn things around. All of a sudden, he would understand what I was talking about. But it was because I continued to honor him or her uh, in that time. But there have been times when it's been hard for me to honor those in authority over me when I saw them going in the wrong way. And yet, that's what scripture says to do. And I've learned that if I do it, it's the right thing to do. God has plans and purposes that are far beyond what we can ever understand. So, the third group, and I'm just going to hit this one just, 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 just lightly. We're called to show honor to our pastors and our church leaders. We show honor though to those who are spiritually instructing and discipling us. Now, that's all I'm going to say about that. I have an assignment for you for this next week now. Here's what I would encourage you to do. And this assignment comes from Romans 12:10. Now you know that ever since you became a Christian, whenever you submitted yourself to Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are given everything in this Bible as your assignment, right? You're supposed to be living out of this whole thing. And so I'm just going to lift up one eensy-weensy little part of it for you to try to practice this next week. And here it is. I encourage you. It says in Romans 12, 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing what? Honor outdo one another in showing honor. Now, let's face it. God doesn't expect anything of us that he hasn't already done himself. Jesus has already outdone you in ways that you will never even fully understand. He loved you and he honored you enough to sacrifice his very life for you while you were a dirty sinner. 
He did so so you could be cleaned up. He didn't do so because you got yourself cleaned up or you cleaned up yourself. He continues to outdo you in honoring you. He values you. Even when you may not think you have any value yourself, he honors you. And if he honors you, then he honors that person next to you. He honors the people around you. And he wants you to outdo one another in showing honor to each other. And so I just encourage you, outdo each other in showing honor. When it comes to your fellow church members, and y'all do a pretty good job of this, I must say, outdo each other in showing honor. You want a great marriage? This is how you have a great marriage. You outdo each other. You lift each other up. You encourage each other. You highly esteem them. You just make up your mind. You're going to cherish them. And they're going to be precious to you. And you're going to show them that you cherish them. And they're precious to you. Lift them up and watch them grow into what you speak in faith over them. You highly esteem them by showing honor and value. You're never going to criticize somebody into being a better person, I guarantee you. When it comes to your kids, outdo them in showing honor. If you honor them, if you cherish and esteem them, uh, while you're being a parent, this doesn't mean you're their buddy. You're, they've been assigned to you. These little people have been assigned to you to train up in the way in which they should go. But you can value them and honor them as people and human beings and let them be the person that God has chosen them to be instead of trying to make them be somebody that you want them to be. But you'll be amazed at the results. Above all else, out well, you can't outdo him, but honor, honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords each day. Honor the Son of God, the risen Christ who gave his life for you and who's touched your heart. Honor him for changing you into a new creation, for forgiving you of more sin than you could ever imagine, for filling you with his Holy Spirit, and for empowering you to do things that you couldn't do in your own strength. Honor him for who he is. Why are we in a culture of dishonor? I'll tell you. The reason our culture is such a dishonoring culture right now is because People are not honoring God. All true honor, all the way around, is born out of a heart surrendered to the King of Kings. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-three says, You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor Him. Revere Him, all you descendants of Israel. The problem is we're treating God as common. We're too familiar with him. He's too ordinary. We've taken him for granted and just shoved him out of the way. 
He's the big guy upstairs. He's the big man. He's my homeboy. Let me tell you, Jesus is not your homeboy. Dear six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus is not a little baby in a manger. He is the soon coming and returning, ruling, reigning King of kings and Lord of lords. And when he comes back, he's coming back with a sword. He is the righteous one who shed his blood that we would live. When we don't treat God as common and ordinary, but see him for who he is, we're going to honor others because his name is in our hearts. And we are not ordinary or common. And because we've been made valuable by him and they are made valuable by him, we show honor to them. When we get that, we'll begin to reclaim the forgotten virtue of honor. It's holy. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would do what I cannot do and that your Holy Spirit would uh, plant this message deep within our hearts. Lord, there's some here today who uh, their, their prayer would be, I want to be more honoring. God, help me to be more honoring. And while we're all praying, if that's you today, I just ask you just to lift your eyes up here toward me and just to say, yes, this is my prayer this day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's pray. I pray, oh God, that you would change our hearts. Give us opportunity, Lord. Give us eyes to see today those to whom we can show honor. God, may we never be guilty of good intentions only, but follow through. May we, may we write the notes. May we say the words. May we give the gifts. May we reach out to publicly honor, but more than just publicly God. Deep in our hearts, we pray that we would have a posture of honor to those around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.